If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Hey, we're here. Manufacturing leaders, welcome to the International Manufacturing and Technology Show, otherwise known as IMTS. Hey, that's an acronym. It is an acronym. It's big, it's back, and it's fun. So let's have some fun. Absolutely. And thank you to all the listeners. I mean, honestly, the the reception has been amazing. Monday just got a lot of great feedback from our show on Monday. Um, we've been doing this for eight years. Can you believe that? I've been almost with you a, for eight years. Almost a million, almost a million <laughs> downloads. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't like me wearing my hat, but that's too bad. <laughs> Back when Jason yeah. had his hat backwards because <laughs> exactly. he was just in high school. <laughs> when I was just in high school, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, I heard the dumbest thing. There's what you hear? There's a lot of smart people. Was it from here. Jim? Because he says a lot of dumb. Uh, things. It actually wasn't this time. <laughs> but uh, it was about a month ago. Someone said, you know, trade shows are dead. Well, they're all not. To, they're all definitely I have to not. say is, yeah, look, at look, at this. Look, yeah. look at this. We're all yeah, here. Look at the and it's only possible because of AMT and the IMTS and the wonderful people who. Yeah, great people. Together. Great people. Um, great thank people. you to them. And uh, yeah, we appreciate being up here. So. Yeah, sure. absolutely. We, we absolutely do. Thank you again. Yeah. So, guys, you know. What are we talking we about do, today? Well, we just said IMTS, right? right? And you know how we always make fun of. This acro- is the industry acronym. of acronyms. Yeah. acronyms. About, remember HMI on Monday? HMI, no. Human Machine. Interface. interface. That's there you got go. It. So, you know, it's mind blowing. So, you know, we hear IOT, Internet of Things, IAAS, DAA. The list goes on and on. Nick, I bet you got a few. Yeah, like AME. AME. How yeah. about my company? <laughs> How about I know J- that one. I got one. How CRM? About J- J- I, didn't, I didn't ask you. How about Jay Z? Jay Z? Yeah. So, any more? Uh, how about uh, MMS? MMS, yeah. MMS, I, know, yeah. I, know, I know MMS. Jason? Do you know what MMS means? You're the, you're the educated one. I'm going to guess it's machine monitoring systems. Well, as a matter of fact, it is machine <laughs> monitoring systems. So you want me to welcome our guests so we no, can talk about no, that? No, 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 not yet. Not yet. I, I got, I, I've got the paper. Yeah, I'm well, the most veteran. You're very here, forgetful. So I, need, I need a text. <laughs> He's the one carrying the, the manual. You're very I am, re- I am doing but that. But Jim, you've become a little bit of an expert on MMS now. You've, you've implemented some of this technology. I have. Job. So, yeah. I, I have in, implemented MMS in my shop recently in the last eight, eight to nine months or so. And I had to be honest, guys, I was not a believer of IoT or MMS. As a matter of fact, Jason and I, about five oh, or yeah. six years ago. I know what you're going to talk about. We, we, I remember. They flew us yep. into Greenville, South Carolina to facilitate this um, panel discussion on right. IoT. And here we are, we're standing It was up like the there. BMW plant. They had a bunch of big executives big there. Big corporate yeah. executives. Big manufacturing executives. And you know what they told yeah. me? They said, 
Well, they didn't tell it to me, but they were telling it they to said, the audience. They said, the future is grim. They said, <laughs> if you do not implement IoT, Internet of Things, into your machine Digitization, shopping, they said specifically. Yeah, that's a, that's a trouble tough with word. That word. I have a yeah, trouble with yeah, that yeah, word. Exactly. If, if Check you your paper, don't do Jim. that in five years, your machine shop's going to be out of business. They said that, out of business. Quite frankly, I was offended. Yeah, you cried. I, well, I didn't cry. I might have, I might have shed one tear. But, not at the thing, but later that night you were crying. Oh, when we were drinking. Yeah. Jim, yes. are you easily offended? No, not at all. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, get back on track, I yep. thought this was like a big scheme. I left that place and I'm like, you know what, they're just trying to sell, sell me something, sell something yeah. expensive. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it, some marketing company said, we're going to invent this IoT thing yeah. and start selling it. And it seems so strange and confusing. They're talking about grabbing the data from your machine tools. It just, I didn't understand it. It was, it, I'm, I'm like, I'm what? What do you mean? Well, it's kind of like with uh, five axis milling. Yeah. There was yeah. a time when you said, that's not right for my shop, yeah. but. I'm said, doing I it. I can't even say digitization. I, so how could I possibly implement there, I just it. said it. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, they kept saying collect data. I was confused. I'm like, how do we translate it? How do we collect it? How do we, is it in Spanish? Is it in French? You know, what do we do with this? So I was very confused. How's it gonna move the needle in my business? How is it gonna move the needle in my business? And these were just things that were spinning in my head. And then I met our first guest. There we go. So should I welcome the stage now? Yes. You should. Okay. So our next guest, our guest for today, is no stranger to making chips or to manufacturing. He has manufacturing in his blood from childhood. Um, he is a Forbes 30 under 30. Yeah, pretty impressive. Him and I went to the same alma mater at uh, Northwestern University. He's Were gonna you in teach school with him at the same time. No, we weren't. Okay. We just found out afterwards. They went to different schools together. Okay. No, same school, <laughs> differently. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Same school, whatever. Um, so he founded an Internet of Things. Yes, he did. And you know, I have a new term for you. What's that? This is this is the type of company he started. Industry 6.5. We're going to learn about that today. Okay. Because you know about 4.0, right? That sounds made up, Jason. Well, I've heard it. It is made up, sorry. Uh, okay. But this <laughs> anyway, is 4.0, yeah? Welcome to Sage, Akshat Tharani. All yeah. right. Hey. Yeah. Hey. How you doing, bud? Good, good. How you doing? Hey, good to see you. Good. Sit down. So Akshat is a good friend of ours. We, we know him well. Um, and I just want to say thank you for being here today to shed some light on something that is, like I was very confused years ago. It, it, didn't, confused. it didn't make sense to me what yeah. Internet of Things was, what machine monitoring was, collecting that data. What do we do with it? How do, how do, does it come up on your screen? Does it, Isn't you know, it, only is it on for a floppy disk? The biggest shops in the world, you know, they're yeah. doing, yeah. it's gonna cost me a million dollars. Right. So in general, actually, I've been trying to unconfuse him for about eight years, so thank you for <laughs> yeah, I can pass that torch to you. So yeah. let's start the conversation by giving us the short story on why you developed this product. That's the first question, and the second is, when did you think it was going to be a huge resource? When or what did you think it was going to be a huge resource? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in manufacturing all my life. My family's been running factories for four generations. So wow. I grew up going to my dad's shop floor every other week. And, uh, you know, I was doing 5S in my you know, bedroom, like trying to make sure everything is organized and clean. You and were so doing I, 5S in your bedroom? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, um, you know, I, I just like saw from an early age, like efficiency is a means of survival. Manufacturing is so hard, you're always resource constrained, and uh, you know, focus is the only way to move forward. And without having good information, it's really hard to make good decisions. And 
Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I saw my dad really struggle to uh, collect good information, have modern tools to run his very complex operation. And so uh, it was a big um, calling for me to really bring simple, accessible, and affordable tools to run plants. And so that was a really big turning point for me is that you know there's uh, so many small and mid-sized companies out there that just can't access uh, the latest and greatest where you have your whole shop floor at your fingertips. And that was the impetus for starting Amper. Sure, great. absolutely. Great. So it's all about having the right information to make good decisions. That, that's, that's pretty much the point of machine monitoring. Yep. So Jim, before, before you implemented this technology to now, um, how, how have your KPIs changed? Is this a question for me? Yeah, yeah, because you're using the product. Yeah. yeah, like I said earlier, we've been, we've been using um, Amper for about eight months. Um, you know, we're a low volume, high mix shop. Uh, and I, I, we knew the problem was setups. We, at right. least we thought it was, our setups are taking too long. But how do we really know? We had no data. How long is too long? How, who knows how long yeah, is too yeah, long? Yeah, yeah. But we had no data right. to back it up and prove it. Because once we did collect the data, we could incrementally make it better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. basing your decisions on feelings back then. Absolutely. So yeah, anecdotally, I feel like our setups are too long, but yeah. now you have some information. Yeah. So nowadays we know, is it really the setup? Is it because a tool broke? Is it because they had to refill the coolant tank? Um, so we monitor all that and we get really hard logistic numbers for that. Right, what gets measured gets improved. So if you don't know where you're at, it's hard to make incremental steps and continuously improve. So, totally so, so but back to the KPI. So, were, yeah. you, were you actually measuring spindle utilization? Were you measuring sped up time? As an old school machine, yeah. oh. you were not doing anything. How could you do that? Yeah. No, there was no way yeah. of doing it. So, now I would imagine you have different KPIs than prior. Well, the, I, I guess the biggest change in our shop over the last few months that was our aha moment yeah. was we realized that lights out machining, automation particularly has the big driver. It is creating a mindset to buy new automation yes. for our shop to run lights out. And now you have the data so to we back had that up. No, we had yeah. no clue Again, it was that impactful. Yeah. So now we do, we have the data, we know what it's gonna do. Yeah, absolutely. I wanna, I wanna ask you something, I'm gonna go off script, Jim doesn't like yeah, to no, do this. Yeah, no, go ahead. But, um, you mentioned simple, and when I think of simple, I also think of inexpensive. Yeah. Um, and on Monday, we had Mike Payne, who's out in the audience, um, talk about 30 years ago, he was helping with this in large corporations. But he mentioned to me $300,000, $500,000, $800,000 to do this type of right. work. You're making it simple and accessible for the average machine shop owner, the average manufacturing leader to get the data, right? Yeah. Yeah, so but there's like a- you said simple. Yeah, there's a saying which is, the future is already here, it's just not distributed equally. Right. And you know, the idea of tracking your shop floor in real time, I believe it started like all the way from the semiconductor businesses to automotive, and, but the reality is over 99% of manufacturers in the US have less than 500 employees. So mostly small. I've heard, and I've heard that number. metric before. And that's even a big number. Yeah. I yeah. would say the majority of the metalworking nation who we talk to is less than 100. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are probably less than 20. Yes, yeah. absolutely. 100%. And so, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, spending half a million dollars, even hundreds of thousands is not easy it's, for any small- It's not easy, it's, it's not gonna happen. No, it's not gonna happen. 
And the other reality is that most shops have a mix of machines. Some of them are new, some of them are old. Um, you know, most folks don't have a 10-person IT team to implement a really complicated thing. So it is really important that it was self-installed, easy to work, and works with all kinds of machines out there. You know, from a you know cold heading machine uh, that's you know 50 years old all the way to a modern CNC. So okay. So if, if I were to get started, you know. What, what's it take to hook it up, to get it to start collecting that data? Like, what is that? That's a, one of the questions. Launch, oh, I guess I'm not going <laughs> off the screen. But what's the launch package like? Like, how does it start? Yeah, yeah to, to, to get a system like Amper up and running, you essentially clip um, this non-invasive sensor around the electrical line to a machine, and it measures the amperage on the machine that's on, on the load. And amperage. Oh, amperage. I, I just I just put it together. <laughs> <laughs> Took you long enough, Nick. Yeah. And uh, we're able to automatically tell different metrics, things like idle, when it's cutting metal or plastic, when it's warming up, and so on. And so we're able to interpret a lot of information just from the electrical load, so you don't have to do complicated integrations with the PLCs and make it a six, 12 month long project. So, so if, you, if you built like uh, algorithms into like those amperage loads? Yes, so we automatically infer using machine learning and without any operator input, it's able to automatically pick it up. Okay, I, I have a question. So, okay, you get it, let's just say, okay, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna install this. I don't really know what I'm gonna get myself into, yeah. but I need to jump in because as Jim said Honestly, at that meeting, I, you have to do it. I'm letting them take care of the details. Okay. I'm just okay. I'm just receiver of the information. They're showing yeah. me how to digest the information and what to do with it. Okay, and so I, you get the information. What are you going to learn right away? What's going to oh, be like that good aha, question. Yeah. you know, yeah, good oh my gosh, I can't believe that what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, there's so much that immediately um, becomes clear once you install it. So the low-hanging fruits are, what is the true machine utilization like? Is it... 80% of the time? Is it 30% of the time? We found the average machine utilization for high mix, low volume production is just 28%. So there's so much capacity that's just open and you don't always need the lever of more machines. Uh, there's so many efficiencies through automation, through lean manufacturing. So that's the first moment where you're like, wow, I can't believe that we're running at you know barely 30 so they're only making chips 28 percent of the time so yeah. they're not making as much money as they could exactly yeah that's uh, the other is you know there's so many um bottlenecks that that come up so whether it's you know waiting on Wait, waiting on material waiting. waiting on a program waiting on all yeah. kinds of things you've got high skilled machinists that are just simply waiting and so it gives folks a voice to really bubble up that hey you know i'm struggling here i need some help from my programmer from yeah. my quality team Whatever that might be. Do you get some data behind, like, you know, 25-year-old Jim going out for smoke breaks, too? <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, actually kind of a good been. question. So, like, when, when the machine isn't running, when you're not utilizing that spindle, yeah. can you Pareto the reasons for the, sh the, the stall or whatever? Yeah, so... Nick, define Pareto. I was really just going to ask that, yeah. but we're kind of we're well, live. Well, and I'm I like, guess I'm trying to be so smart. Yeah. Well, can you, can you kind of organize the reasons that it's not running and, and then start to say, okay, well... Half the time the machine's down, it's because of this reason. What do we got to do to solve that problem? Exactly. Answer that question. Yeah. That's a great so, question. so it's so important to understand where you're losing time to make it actionable. And so getting Pareto charts or bar graphs on where you're losing time can really help you focus on the right stuff. You know, in manufacturing, there's an 80-20 uh, concept, right? Which is 
you know, you got to find that 20% of things that are really holding you back. And so by uh, looking at this data and seeing what are the top drivers for downtime that you can control, it can really drive a lot of action. And I know, like, you know, this is obviously a huge hiring challenge in manufacturing, but this can even shed light on what kind of hires you need to make. Mm. You know, do you need to hire folks to load unload machines? Yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you give us an example. Do you have a story about that? Yeah, so uh, one of our customers, uh, Mitertech Precision, you know, similar to most job shops, they struggle to find folks, uh, you know, across the board. And that's the common problem. I don't even think shares. it's in manufacturing, I think it's everywhere. That is true. But yes. especially, especially in the trades. Yes. And, um, you know, instead of just saying no operator or no workforce as the reason code, they broke it out into job descriptions, job titles rather. And so then they started to see like, you know, wow, we lost 300 hours last month because of not having this role. And now they're able to give this information to the HR team yeah. to uh, justify wow. that hiring process. That's great, I love it. I think it. there's another thing to consider too. So as far as how people are motivated, you know, to take a step forward in their career, to, to get that promotion, if you, if you can't keep score, Gamification, yes, just like the, digitization, gamification, so you can go back to right. Say, I mean, like, okay, the, let's set up some goals. You know, the knock on my millennial generation is, you know, they right. just want to play video games. <laughs> they don't want to go to work. They don't want to work with their hands. But okay, make working with your hands more like a video game. Yeah, you know, let's we make know this a challenge. We let's know get to what the next it takes level. to you know level up and get that yeah. beat that boss in the game or whatever it is, right? It, and that's why it's so motivating. So how do you make your job like that? And it gives you a baseline to start from. So yeah. once you've got the data, you've got the baseline and you can always improve. And I always say, baby steps forward is the way to go. If we have a baseline today, all we need to do is improve on that incrementally every yeah, how do, yeah. month. How do I win this shift or win this day right. and then win this week? And then you start stacking wins together and your company's different. Yeah. Jim, you know the best advertising is straight from your customer's mouth. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you just sent me that LinkedIn. Some Cody Gidry, operations manager at Coastal Machine and Supply, put on his LinkedIn some time ago, sitting in our closing meeting of our first AS9100 surveillance audit, I hear the auditor say these words, quote, ProShop ERP has all of the processes laid out. All you have to do is follow the systems and you'll be fine, end of quote. I love it. We just had our first one-year surveillance audit two weeks ago, and the auditor had never done an audit using ProShop, and he loved it. Well, shout out to Paul, his whole team. They're doing tremendous things. Go to ProShopERP.com and find out more. Awesome. I want to hear about like what your employees are saying. Now that you've added right. machine monitoring, like... Have, have they changed in terms of like what motivates them or what drives them? Well, it's on the shop floor. There's a 75 inch monitor on our shop floor monitoring the machines all the time. It's a dashboard, if you it's will. Scoreboard of sorts. It's, everyone yeah, can yeah, see it. it. Everyone knows go. what's happening. Yeah. Everyone's doing their downtime labeling, t saying we had to re uh, uh, refill the coolant, uh, a tool broke. Uh, just so we know it's, it's, it's much more incremental than just up or down. Mm -hmm. It's the reasons why it's mm -hmm. off. It'd be like playing so, a football game without the score. Yeah. And not only that, but I can go right now on my phone, go to the Amper dashboard on my phone, and I can see how those machines are running. Now, my whole team is here today at Car Machine, 
but we still have automation right now. I can go on and I can see that machine that's running right now. You got a lot so, yeah. of downtime today, right? What's that? You have a lot of downtime today, right? I have a lot of downtime today, <laughs> but there's a, couple, there's a couple pieces that are still running right now. So one of the, I think one of the big things, I'm gonna throw out another acronym. One of the big things that people are gonna ask is ROI. So yeah. return on investment. So there's there's the money, and obviously you're not doing this for free. You have to, yep. you, know, you have to have a revenue model, <laughs> yeah. just like all of us. Um, so there's, you know, the investment that you have to make not only in Amper, but also in the time that your people are gonna spend implementing this. So what have you seen as far as the length of time it takes to get that that return? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a, so that is a good question. What we've seen is there's a thing called Hawthorne effect, which is the moment you visualize something, you, you'll immediately see uh, a pickup in productivity. So what so, I've got- So the mo Hawthorne effect, the moment you visualize something, what happens? So it's an interesting story. There was a factory outside Chicago called the Hawthorne factory. And it was like probably over hundred years back. And they ran- Industry 1.0. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> and uh, they uh, had this experiment where they shed light onto the shop floor and the productivity went up just because the moment you can visualize oh. what's happening. Oh, literally just turning literally, the lights on. Literally. They put, they lights on like manufacturing. Yes, yes. Really. <laughs> wow. and, and that's so, called the Hawthorne effect. Hawthorne effect. Interesting. So the moment you start showing metrics, you're going to see a pickup in productivity. Wow. Just human nature. Yes. And so you think the moment you install it, everybody's thinking to themselves, this is being tracked. Oh yeah, I need five to ten percent. Differently. Yeah, five to ten percent. We actually find that same thing when we install vending machines because not like now all of a sudden yeah. you're going to get data behind what's being pulled out of the vending machine as opposed to just kind of like a free for all. You know, exactly. so that makes I never great. I'm going to use that Hawthorne effect story. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so uh, you know, five ten percent a pickup in productivity through visual management is not at all uncommon. You're going to see that. I will tell you something else about yeah. visual. What the visual thing does when you have a prospect coming into your shop mm. and they see that big yes. dashboard like a, in the middle uh, of like your shop. Like a prospective customer? A prospective customer, yeah. it's good for sales and marketing. Yeah. They see that, they see that we're being proactive on our machine times, yeah. right? So they know that we're progressive and we're doing the right things. Yep. Shows that we're a progressive manufacturing company. Yeah, Which and, well, and, and it yes. also goes to hiring. Thank you. It also goes to hiring. So when a prospective Employee, team member yes. comes, you know, they see that and they're like, this company knows what they're doing. We're, we're, we need yeah. business, we're yeah. serious. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, we, we talk all the time about like the people element of manufacturing leadership culture. And, and culture. Yep. And so if, what I've learned in my career is that my best people always pursue accountability. Like, yep. How am I going to be held accountable? What? What? How do you keep score? How do I take that next step? Yeah. And so this implementing something like this can tell you a lot about the people you want to be in your shop and the people you don't. And you know what the best the best way to do that is for them. So you think about like CRM adoption. Somebody's yeah. got to get in there and they got to type all the data. Yeah, yeah. This is all automated. You don't right. have to do it. So they can be accountable and not have to waste their time. What with the that most they'd have to do is when they leave the machine to take a bathroom break, like hit a button. That's, yeah, just, that's why deal. you're yeah. gone. Big the deal. other thing is, you know, um, freeing folks up to do more creative tasks. So instead of babysitting a machine, you can set up an alert where now you can focus on more interesting high school stuff and Let's say a robot or for whatever reason the machine stops, you can get an alert sent to your phone. Like a text message. Yeah. Text message. It says the machine number 22 is down. Oh so, boy. Yeah, it stopped. That would be a, I could just see my, my brother with that tool in his hands being like, <laughs> why is the machine down? It's good and it's bad. We gotta get this machine. It's good and it's bad. It's good and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, I think knowing if you're winning or losing is such an innately natural thing for all of us. Like yeah. you wanna know, 
you know, I'm doing a good job and how do I get better and uh, raising a hand for help. And I think it's really hard to communicate that with just anecdotes. So what we've seen is it's really uh, having this data about the shop floor has helped employees, you know, um, show like what are the resources that are needed. It could be extra tools. It could be, uh, you know, more cross training and so on. So I think ultimately it's one team. Company wins, employees win, everyone wins. And it's just blocking and tackling at the end of the day. Yeah. So you, you met, we mentioned simplicity and the way you collect the data is simple. It's yeah. easy. Um, and then they can check a box when they're going to say the bathroom or they're, they're doing something else like a setup. setup. What, what other well, types? No, like if you go on, you can have predefined downtimes. Right, right. And what it is like, let's say lunchtime. Yeah. So we know that lunch is between 12 and 12.30 every day. So it's a predefined sure. downtime. Yeah. Or if there's meetings, if there's a, a scheduled meeting every day or every every week at this particular time. It right. So the employee doesn't have to do it. They're taking out, they're finding that there's redundant yeah, things. that makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. But what other um, factors are coming into play? Like what else are you collecting from like a reason standpoint? Is it just uptime and downtime? Or are there other things that you're, be that you're collecting? Yeah, good question. Oh. Yeah, so that's often the start of the journey, which is understanding, are you making chips or not? Yeah. Uh, but the next step is understanding your cycle times, how many parts have been made. Yeah. So we're able to capture much more beyond just you know up and down. Okay. Uh, and on top of this, we keep layering more information. So now you can understand uh, you know, what part numbers are you performing well at? Are you meeting your estimates or not? Are you, um, you know, are your routings optimized? You know, who are your top performers? We also show response times of support resources from the front office, so you're able to hold not just operators and machines accountable on performance KPIs, but really, you know, your engineering team, your maintenance team, and so on. So, how are you doing that just by pulling Amperage? So we've layered a lot more on top of this data. So we yeah. have a full-on. I know we use the word algorithm, but like you know, oh, whatever. Nobody, uh, nobody. No, so like how are you doing it? Yeah, so it's it's a digital and on system. What that means is an operator can say, I need some help. They click a button. Yeah. They say, I want to call my tool crib team right. or you know, my quality team. Yeah. And yeah. a text message or an email gets sent out. Yeah. Okay. So we've built we don't utilize that yet, yet. But I do know that that is available. OK. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But I, I think at the end of this, like, uh, it's so important to be able to try it and play with the product. That's been something that we've really um, you know, emphasized around. OK. Great. So, do you have any data on when the investment starts to pay for itself? Yeah. I, it's probably different for different shops, but if I'm making a capital investment in putting Amper on all the machines in my shop to measure and collect data and analyze it, what is that time where we've invested in them, paid for it, it's gonna, we're going to start seeing the benefit? Yeah, that's a good question. So maybe something context, if, if you're a shop with around $50 an hour, it's machine rate, and you run, say, one shift, you should see a return within two to three months if you do a 1% improvement. If you do a what? 1%. If you improve by 1%. 1% improvement. Wow. Seriously. Yeah. Or impactful. Or if you save three minutes, two minutes a shift, you'll see an ROI. Great. Wow. Love it. And that's, that's just doing the bare minimum. Like, Improving your spindle utilization a little bit, but not even some of these more advanced exactly. things that you're starting to collect. So I have a last question, um, and then we got to wrap things up. I thought I was going to the last question. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you can take it. No, go ahead. I'm serious. So you had mentioned um, that your dad was having you 5S you know, at yes. home. How, 
how does that work with the, with the machine monitoring systems, with the MMS? Uh, when it comes to Lean and 5S, so within the system, we have uh, workflows for different processes. Like, say you're setting up a machine, you're going through certain steps. Mm -hmm. uh, you can actually check off different steps. And so it empowers operators with a co-pilot. Uh, so you can even check off that, did, did you do a 5S or not, and so on. Okay. Um, you know, there's all kinds of other lean manufacturing tools built into the system. Because every company is trying to do 5S, Kaizen's, Gemba Walks, all these you know, lean concepts. No, it's crazy. But it's impossible to do this yeah. because you're creating a new habit. And so you need the tools around it to sustain these ideas. Right. And so that's been a big motivating factor, which is Amper's as much of a lean initiative as it is around machine monitoring. You know? Got it. We've got 30 seconds for your closing thoughts, Akshat. Please tell the manufacturing community out here why they should have MMS in their shop. Yeah, I think US manufacturing is at probably the most unique point in time where you have tailwinds from reshoring, you got headwinds from a labor shortage, and there's just so much volatility. And to make good decisions and focus on the few things that truly matter, um, getting in touch with reality and dealing with it is the first step. Yeah. And you don't know what you don't know until you start collecting good information. And um, you know, there are, technology's changed so much in the last 15 years. Um, you know, there are so many products out there today that are accessible, affordable, you can try out. So uh, you know, investing in technology is always gonna progress your business, so uh, that's the call to action. It's I like self-awareness for your machine tool. Yes. Yeah, you need sure self-awareness personally, sure and you need some self-awareness for your reality-driven yeah. culture. You know, this, you is a, this is a great conversation. We've had a few more. Um, the audience can find you on previous episodes of Making Chips. How else can they connect with you? Yeah, uh, so our website is amper.xyz, A-M-P-E-R.xyz. So it's reach a unique out. website. It is kind of unique, yeah. right? I, love I like it. the XYZ thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they can also uh, connect with you on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. A-K-S-H-A-T. Yes, Akshat Thirani, T-H-I-R-N-I. Great. Great. Hey, you know, guys, he said something just a minute ago. You don't know what you don't know until you collect data, right? But we do know one thing is always true. If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution, and many of them are at makingchips.com.